0: Homestyle Green, Episode 65. What's the value of getting your home rated? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I am the host of the show, Matthew cutler Welsh, and this is the podcast about inspiring people to make a better place to live you might be an architect or a designer or a builder or someone who makes houses and ideally are interested in a way to make them a bit better than how we have been making them, or you might be someone who's interested in living in a better house. Then this is the place for you, so welcome. And it's been a couple of weeks again, uh, it's getting a familiar story, apologies for that. Been quite busy lately, uh, got a few things going on. Firstly, uh, as many of you will know, that my wife has two podcasts that I also help produce. And uh, if only they told me.com, which is a parenting and relationship podcast. And they are very excited. That's Natalie Cutler Welsh and Jackie Lockington because their book is out there now. It's been available on Amazon for a little while, but they also have hard copies and they've sold out. Can you believe it? Um, they printed 500 on the self publishing, which is a bit of an adventure in itself. And if you're interested in any of that, then definitely head on over to gotogirl.co.nz or if only they told and check out all the information there. Nat's pretty busy on Facebook updating her tribe about what's going on there and uh, taking pre orders for the second print run of their um, printed book. So, very exciting news there to uh, to get that, quite inspiring too, um, just watching that process of, of writing a book and, and getting it out there. Um, quite a lot of running at the moment, uh, got the second marathon coming up in just under two weeks, a week and a half, so that is taking up quite a lot of my time and energy at the moment and that is a big reason why I've been off air for a little while. Kind of, uh, I am enjoying that, and it's definitely a a useful experience. um, I think dedicating to a to a goal like that, and also finding out, learning, and finding out stuff that I didn't know about an area that I certainly wasn't an expert in, and getting a bit of coaching along the way. So lots of useful parallels in that process of setting a goal, aiming for that target, and training for a marathon. I am kind of starting to uh, look forward to having that all done and dusted though, so that I can focus on more important stuff like building better places to live. Now, down here in the Southern Hemisphere, it is a heating season. Got a little bit of condensation starting on the windows, Um, definitely a bit of cool breeze coming. We've had lots of rain, uh, which has been quite refreshing, Um, certainly green things up a little bit. And... Big winds and, of course, a big storm that hit New Zealand last week and took out a few major roads and is continuing to to wreak havoc down in the South Island and lots of people still without power down there. So um, definitely thinking of all those people. And as happens around Easter and Anzac Day every year, the home energy advisors get very busy, uh, particularly the eco-design advisors from, uh, from the councils around the country, Also, all the heating shows start in all the hardware stores. We see all the uh, the catalogs come out with all the latest and greatest heaters. I was pretty excited this year because I thought I was going to give a big bouquet to one of the major retailers, one of the major hardware stores because I popped in there on the weekend and I was very excited about what I didn't see. And that was unflued gas heaters with the old LPG bottle uh, tucked in behind. Didn't see them. And I thought, this is fantastic. They've actually stopped uh, selling them and stocking them because they, they're horrendous things. I've mentioned this on the show a few times, but unfluid gas heaters are basically bad news as far as I'm concerned. They pump out loads of moisture into the air, uh, which you're trying to heat, uh, and that's not helpful for either heating the place or for keeping it healthy. But beyond that, they they also pump out carbon dioxide, and that's when the combustion is complete. As you leave them on, and if you don't have the room ventilated while you're using them, they'll gradually uh, go to incomplete combustion when you you get sort of an orangey flame instead of a a blue-white flame. And at that point, they'll start producing carbon monoxide and all sorts of nasty nitrogen oxides and and lots of other pretty toxic substances. So they're, they're pretty horrendous things. And as I have mentioned before, they've been banned in other places, and it's kind of unbelievable that we still do sell them here. If you do have an unfluid gas heater, try and avoid using it. There are plenty of other options available on the market, and if you're in the market for uh, an extra little heater, then avoid unfluid gas heating at all costs. Um, now what I'd like to talk about today is the value of rating. Now this is something that I come across quite regularly at at work. Uh, where I worked during the day at at Homestar at the New Zealand Green Building Council and I have mentioned this before uh back in episode 21 I think it was when I answered some questions about the the cost of going green or building uh, to a to a slightly higher standard we we briefly touched on the issue of what's the value of that and a few of our guests have talked about the value of home, of a uh, a good performing home and trying to frame that right at the beginning of the design process rather than taking a standard house and trying to add things to it to make it more effective or more efficient. Because that's when it does get expensive. So luckily there are some good examples from around the world of where value and for start to start with, I'm going to talk about monetary value. So I've got three case studies of existing monetary value. For uh, improved performing uh, or houses that have um, either a star rating or some sort of higher performance. But I'm also going to talk about some other value because there's value just beyond the monetary terms as well, like peace of mind, verification, and the fact that you, you know you're getting good design. So, firstly, uh, California might seem a long way away from New Zealand, but there are some commonalities with the type of houses there, the uh, average price of those houses was around about $400,000 when uh, a particular study was done, and also the utility bills are relatively similar across the, the state of California. Now, the state of California is quite long, and there are differing climate zones within that state. And that is also similar for New Zealand, very long, narrow country, and we've got various different climate zones and different climatic conditions across the country. So there are more similarities than um, differences, I think. There is a particular study that was done a few years ago now by um, two very good um, researchers, uh, Nils Koch, From Massachusetts, uh, where is he from? He's from. He was from the Netherlands initially, um, and was is now working at the University of California, Berkeley. um, And Matthew E. Kahn, who's also at the uh, University of California. So this study, which um, they've actually published a a little booklet PDF, which I'll put a link to. Um, published in in July 2012. The key finding from their research, which analysed 1.6 million homes being sold in California between 2007 and 2012, were that green homes had, or that's homes that had some form of green label, had a 9% price premium on them. Now, this is not necessarily... Taking into consideration the the standard of that rating, it's just the fact that it's uh the, the bottom line for their study is the fact that they had a rating. So any house that had uh an energy star or lead for homes or green point rated was on average nine percent, plus or minus four percent, to a comparable non-labeled home. Now that's a staggering result. If you, as they go on to say Take the typical pri- um, average price of four hundred thousand dollars for a non-labeled home. That means that the the premium that someone would be willing to pay for an equivalent house that has a green rating would be thirty four thousand eight hundred dollars. Now that's a lot of home improvement budget that you could therefore justify to making that home perform better. And subsequently enjoy the benefits for yourself and your own family, and probably get some pretty good return on that uh, investment as well when you come to sell that home so that's a pretty impressive result now, like a lot of these studies and statistics, there are some caveats there there was a a diversity they noticed between different areas, uh, particularly different areas that had different climate conditions so in the case of California, people in the hotter regions of that state tended to be more uh, willing to to pay a bit extra obviously, the heat is a big driving factor there or the, or the ability to keep it cooler is a big um, a, um, something that's going to be attractive to someone who who's looking for a new home might be the the converse here we're more sensitive to Houses that are going to be cold in in uh, winter. The other difference they noticed was there is uh, quite a lot of variation between different uh, places, different suburbs or areas within the state that have a, a sort of an environmental ideology. So there might be sort of a perceived status in some parts, which might be a greener, and therefore they're a bit more willing, I guess, keeping up with the Joneses. To pay a little bit a bit more extra in those areas, um, I'll put the link the a link to that report. It's pretty easy to read the the first section, and it goes into a lot more detail. But some very interesting results there. Now, what does that mean for New Zealand? Obviously, it's a different country, and I think the main difference is that it's a more mature market. There are there are three pretty well recognised uh, green labels there for homes. And they've been around for a lot longer than the equivalent Homestar here in New Zealand. So I choose to look at that as where we might be heading in the future. Once things like Homestar get more well-known here in New Zealand, it will start to have the similar effect. So it pays to get on that bus sooner. Now, obviously, I'm biased towards that. But it is a really positive signal of where the market can go once more people are attuned to what's available and the benefits of that. Okay, so that's California now hopping a little bit closer to home. In Australia, kind of similar to the US actually, that there's a lot of variation between what's available in different states. One of the most useful comparisons is a bunch of research that was done in and published in 2006, I think this report was. Uh, let me just have a quick check. Um, so research done on houses in the ACT and around Canberra from 2005 and 2006, and then this report was published by the then Department of Environment, Water, Heritage and the Arts in 2008, and again, I'll put a link to this report, which is also very comprehensive. They have something called a star rating, which is given as part of an energy efficiency rating assessment of the building, and it's a zero to ten star scale with a with 0.5 star increments all the way from zero, which is very poor and basically means it's kind of a shit. Nothing more not much more than a shed. <clears throat> um very cold in, in uh winter and hot in summer. Right through to to a ten, which essentially means you don't need any artificial cooling or heating. So the, the temperature would pretty much may, be uh maintained pretty passively. <clears throat> um again, some pretty promising results here, not quite as um as dramatic. But what they found that there was a significant, there was a statistically significant correlation between star ratings and value, and that it was also interesting that that correlation increased uh, across those two years, two thousand and five to two thousand and six. So in two thousand and five, they found there was a one point two percent premium per half star. So if your house was rated half a star higher than the one next door, then someone would be willing to pay another 1.2% to buy that house. But in 2006, that premium went up to 1.9%, so nearly 2% higher than a house next door with just half a star difference. Um, So... Just reading from the the executive summary here, this means that a detached house sold in two thousand and five for three hundred sixty five thousand could fetch an additional eight thousand nine hundred with only one star improvement in energy rating. So again, that is some pretty significant um, justification right there for spending nine almost nine thousand dollars on improving the warmth, comfort efficiency of your house. Uh and of course you enjoy the benefits of doing that, but you can also l- are very likely to recoup that cost simply in the increased value of that home. So once again, caveats probably there as well. There were variations across that report. That's just the bottom line average. But I th- I choose to <laughs> look on the, the, the positive side of that is that there's definitely a positive correlation there and once again i think that's a really good signal that more people are aware of that and willing to pay a premium for those verified improvements in the in the home performance now um coming right back home here to new zealand we we have home star home has been around now for um just over 3 years and more and more people are getting to know about it. And it's a, more and more people are going to know about it because of what's going on in Auckland here with the Unitary Plan and the special housing areas. A lot more houses are going to be rated, and we're talking thousands of houses, not just um, tens or hundreds. So a lot more people will start to hear about Homestar, and a lot more people will get used to how the rating works. And I think that's in part why there's been success in Australia the US uh, and around Europe as well the more people that get to know how the process works then the value is more easily realized by buyers which is good obviously for sellers and it's good for people who are thinking about doing home improvements and are worried about spending that money on the house and not getting the uh, the cost back which is a bit, which I mean that whole thing's a bit strange as well when you look at it because At the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of other value that we're not talking about here, which is what you're going to get out of having a home that actually performs half decently uh, in terms of looking after your family and having a healthy, comfortable place to live. But we're not talking about that today. That's what we normally talk about. Today, we are talking mostly about pure financial return on your investment of improving the health and comfort and efficiency of your home. So... This comes a little bit becomes a little bit more theoretical here it 's simply because homestar hasn 't been around for quite as long as Nat hers in Australia and Energy Star and um lead for homes in the u s but the res- early results are still very positive now. Auckland Council did a bit of research uh, on the cost of Homestar and they took an existing kind of typical three bedroom home and f- And which would be about a four-home star, and said, how much would it cost to bring this up to a six-home star, which is what's been written to the industry plan for Auckland and is now required for houses being built in special housing areas here in Auckland. So they came out with a figure of around $6,500 for that, which on a $550,000 new home... Is about a one point two percent premium. Now that's on the cost price, so they're saying it would cost about one point two percent more to build a six home star house versus a just a code compliant house, which is about four home star. Now, interestingly, that six and a half thousand dollars included in their scenario about three thousand dollars for a rainwater tank, which was plumbed in for use in the uh, laundry and toilet so that's a um, a reasonable chunk for a rainwater tank and a pump and for that to all be plumbed in which you don't actually necessarily need to get a six home star it was just one of the the way the pathways that they chose to to do that so arguably you could actually achieve that six home star for much less than that six and a half thousand dollars bringing it down to less than 1% investment on a, uh, five and a half thousand, uh, sorry, $550,000 house. Um, but what does that mean in terms of value? Because that's just the cost price, remember. Well, that, they handed those results over to another company who did a bit of a cost benefit. And it gets a little bit hazy here because the initial analysis suggested that there would be a internal rate of return of somewhere around 20% on that, and that you would actually get that initial investment back within five and a half years, which is a very exciting result because the average length of home ownership in New Zealand is about seven years. So that's basically saying within the seven years that typically people hold onto their house before they move again, you're probably going to get back that initial investment. Now, there's a, that analysis is uh, is continuing. Um, there are some complications in that, not least because we don't heat our houses very well, and the analysis has to therefore discount the actual energy um, consumed or the, the assumed energy that will be con- used to heat that house um, if we want to look at typical uh, uh, at the average because typically we don't heat our houses to the recommended 18 degrees. So if you do the analysis on um, the the savings for maintaining that home at a healthy 18 degrees, then the savings look very good because that warmer six-home star house will actually be able to retain that heat much better than a standard non-compliant home. But the reality is we just don't heat our houses. So um, it does make that return on investment equation a little bit complicated because again here we're doing it in a theoretical uh, assessment versus some of the other data which is based on actual household sales. But we do have another little piece of useful information here from New Zealand which was a valuation done by a, a home valuation company for a new show home that was built in Hastings. And this was built by Horvath Homes, a uh, very good house builder in Napier-Hastings region. It was rated at six home star again, so a useful uh, measuring stick. And they estimated they spent about 5% more to actually build that house, uh, which is a lot more than what Auckland Council suggested that it might cost to build a six star. Uh, they they figured around 1.2%. Um, so they spent 5% more building the house, but the valuation came in at 10% higher than a house next door, which was just code compliant. So again, you pretty much get, well, you do get your money back and then some straight away. And that is in a arguably very immature market where people don't necessarily understand fully home Homestar yet but they do understand the value of having a warm, healthy home. So there are some really good examples of the true and real monetary value, the extra monetary value that you can obtain from having a home that performs better. Now, I know that it's easy for me to say, oh, it's only 1.2% or even if you allow an extra $10,000 on a 5 and uh, $550,000 house $10,000 of extras could buy you a lot of stuff and and that's s- sounds like a very small 1.8%. But I do know and appreciate that the reality for a lot of people who are building their house uh to find another $10,000 at the end of the process is pretty unlikely. Usually people are uh, that 's their contingency, and they 're scratching around for that so if you 've got five hundred as I say to people if you 've got five hundred thousand dollars to build a house you don 't necessarily have five hundred and ten thousand dollars you 've got five hundred thousand dollars, so you need to be thinking what you can actually provide within that existing budget, but I would suggest that that ten thousand dollars gives you enough buffer to maybe consider some things that aren't going to actually improve the performance of the home and other things that could be substituted out. Yes, I am talking about the granite bench top here. Are there things that could be substituted out, maybe even just temporarily, so that you can get the really important things in within your budget at the design stage so that you do end up with not only a house that's going to perform well for you and your family, But as we know from these other figures, it's going to be worth more. And look, if you really need to get that granite bench top, maybe just do it later. Save yourself uh, initially, put in something cheaper, let the kids trash it for a few years, and then put in a nice one to sell it. Because you're not going to replace the windows, you're not going to replace the wall insulation, you're probably not going to replace the ceiling insulation either. And I know those things aren't very, very sexy. You can't even see them but they are the things that are going to make a difference straight away to you and your family. And like I said, there is a good chance that they will make a difference to the bottom line and the sale price of your home. Very quickly, the other things that are outside just the, the pure economic value is something that I don't I don't think should be underestimated either. Of course, there's the, the health and the comfort, but also there's peace of mind and the, I think a driver for a lot of people for getting a rating is that third party verification of the design process uh having confidence in your design decisions maybe even extra little design input a lot of service providers will offer design advice and that's certainly something that that I do as well and if if you are wanting some extra advice or or a third party to to check out your design then do get in touch because I'm more than happy to uh, have a have a look at design and give you some ideas. But having that peace of mind that you've you've made some good decisions and that your house is going to perform and it's going to give you uh, a healthy, comfortable place to be and a, a good return on your investment. I think there's a lot of value in that as well. All right, that is enough for me for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll put some links to those reports from California and from New South Wales and also the Auckland City Council report, if I can uh, dig that out and and, um, pop a link to that. Um, If you have any questions or if you'd like to get in touch or got any feedback on the show, I would love to hear from you. Comments at homestylegreen.com. Otherwise, check out the Facebook page. We're on Twitter, Google+, and also Pinterest. Thanks very much for listening, and tune in next time. Um, It'll probably be after my marathon. We're going to get stuck into some great interviews with some great architects from around New Zealand and around the world, hopefully, too. Until then, go make a better place to live. Have you got a project that you're currently working on? Have you got questions about... What type of heat to use or what type of insulation to put on your concrete slab or under your floor? Well, why not get some independent advice? You can start by booking a time with me for free for 20 minutes and we'll catch up via Skype and have a look at what your plans are and what your current concerns are about your design. And I'll see if I can maybe give some advice or at least point you in the right direction. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, comments at homestylegreen.com or you can contact me through homestylegreen.com or on Facebook. Catch you soon.